Donald Trump is having a complete meltdown as we speak. Republicans are in utter disarray. Democrats and Biden, meanwhile, are delivering for the people. In a most recently, a historic student loan relief package for people who need it. People making less than $125,000, which are making Republicans lose their minds. Trickle down. We want trickle down, the Republicans say. Republicans want to give money to the billionaires, and hopefully they trickle it down to all of us people. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world, but lean in on that, Republicans, because the Democrats are coming for a blue wave in the midterms. Ben, Jordy, and Brett, and I say Jordy because we haven't seen Jordy for a while. So, Jordy, you get second He's billion in that introduction. Let's Jordy, go. welcome. Tell where have you been? What's going on? I missed your face. What's new? I missed everybody, especially the. I didn't miss you guys. I missed the Midas Mighty. What? So did I know? I, I'm kidding. You come, I missed, you come back. I missed, just missed, and then like a slap in the face. So no, I missed you guys. I missed you. But I missed the Midas Mighty especially, and I missed this show so much. I was watching you guys. Did a great job holding down the fort. I mean, seriously, just absolutely been crushing it. I've uh, had COVID like kind of really bad, but I'm okay recovering and ready to rock today folks you had a tough go at it and what a lot of people don't know is jordy has asthma so it was extra bad for jordy and which is why we were so concerned with jordy um how you feeling now though you're good everything's okay yeah i mean i'm a little stuffed but feeling good ready to do the show and just uh yeah i'm not gonna lie whatever strain i had i mean it was whoo you missed the live show, Jerry. You almost got replaced by Brian Tyler Cohen at the live show. I'm just Actually, gonna... can we play what the, that Brian Tyler could? Did you guys not think I was going to hear what you said about with Brian? Can we just play that real quick? All right, play the clip from the live show. You have to give the context, Jordy. I know you've been a little rusty in the podcast. COVID game brain. COVID you, brain. Haven't been, you haven't been doing this for some time. So people need context when you do a podcast. So you have to explain to them. Right back like we so never the, left there, Ben. <laughs> so you have to explain to people. You, go, you got to go like this. You got to go. So Ben and Brett did a live show at the Largo, which is a venue live show in Los Angeles, California. And I'm going to play for you this clip right now of Ben and Brett Mocking Great setup, me in my apps. That's the setup how you do it. So play the clip. And Jordy couldn't be here. So is Jordy um, not here? Where no, Jordy's not. Jordy's not here. He's oh, not here. Shit. I thought he was so, here. So we, Jordy have talks a, a lot. we got you a present. <laughs> we got you a present. We got you a substitute for Jordy, a special surprise guest to help out. He hosts one of the top political podcasts in the world. No lie with Brian Tyler Cohen. It's BTC himself. Brian Tyler Cohen, everybody. What's up, Brian? I think Brian could pass as Jordy if we're being honest. These guys. <laughs> these guys needed. Uh, these guys you could have needed, told me uh, it was Jordy. Uh, a, a white Jewish guy in Los Angeles. They said, wherever are we going to find one? And we found the perfect guy. Are you right sure now. that's not Jordy? Democracy is foundational. Nothing happens, like, like Brett said, without democracy. So, you know, just keep hammering it home and, like, fuck, fuck the corporate media. So. Jordy! <laughs> Have you noticed Jordy got really smart? <laughs> Jordy! Jordy. Like, crushing it. Uh, he's brilliant. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, did you guys not think I was going to hear that? Like, I knew I we were going to release it on our podcast feed the following day, like once we had the audio. I'm going to be honest, Jay. I did not think you were going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I wasn't really sure if you listened to it. I'm not sure if you listened to the pods. I'm not really right. sure what you do, Jordy. <laughs> Let's get into the news. <laughs> Let's get right on into it. Um, I talked about the Donald Trump meltdown. Um, that's happening literally all day today, starting on his failing uh, social media network and all caps, hoax, scam. They're coming for me. I, I'm not even going to read all of this stuff. Yo, because it's so it's just, tired and boring. It's, it's like so the dude has not changed his act. He's still playing the greatest hits from 2015 and they're boring. They're boring as hell, this guy. And so the update, though, is, is that today the Department of Justice submitted to Judge Reinhardt, the redacted copies of the uh, affidavit. We already have the search warrant and the return, right? The search warrant listed the uh, crimes and the areas to be searched that were being investigated, espionage, obstruction, and concealment. Seems and then the return talked about the top secret documents. Some of the other news in recent days also is the New York Times reported about the 300 confidential records. Then we saw that uh, email or letter between Trump's lawyer Corcoran and the archivist, which basically just admitted to all of the crimes. And in the letter, the archivist talks about over 700 pages of classified information, the highest level, top secret, special access program. I want to be clear on that, Ben. I want to be clear on that. So Trump had that spokesperson who we've been making fun of in basically every episode who keeps going on Fox, (laughs) the guy Solomon. John Solomon. John Solomon, this dude. And I will pull up his picture. You'll recognize him. He's the guy who's been given the most ridiculous bullshit excuses for Donald Trump. So they have this guy leak the letter that the National Archive sends to Donald Trump, thinking that it's good for Trump because it has a mention of President Biden in it. Because they don't think, they don't have critical thinking skills whatsoever. And what does this document do? It further incriminates Donald Trump and shows the extent of the crimes that he's being investigated for and shows how serious they are and shows how serious the National Archives was pursuing these documents and how Donald Trump was behaving when he tried to when they tried to get the documents back from him. And they backfire just tremendously on the guy, like everything he does. And John Solomon and this Trump team, and they can't even file documents correctly. I mean, John Solomon's not the lawyer. He's the PR flack. He can't get his story straight when he goes on the media. But you know, Trump filed that bizarre lawsuit in federal court in the Southern District of Florida. He filed it in front of a different judge, right? He doesn't file it in front of Judge Reinhardt, who's the actual magistrate judge hearing his case. They don't file anything in that Judge Reinhardt case, which is just, how do you go two weeks? If you really are complaining about the search warrant, right? Um, that uh, issued from Judge Reinhardt's court on August 8th, why don't you file the motion, an emergency temporary injunction or restraining order or, or an emergency relief in front of the correct judge on the 8th, on the 9th, on the 10th? That's what a lawyer would normally do, but they wait two weeks. And so the government's basically already reviewed all of the records, right? They've already taken a look at all the records. And then in two weeks, you file it in front of a different judge, an Article Three federal judge. And then you filed something that doesn't have declarations or affidavits. And so I I did one of the uh, uh, breaking news clips when this thing was filed on our YouTube page. And I said, 
I don't know what this document is. I mean, it's a request for judicial intervention and additional relief. That's not really a motion. Like, are you asking for it's made injunction? up? It's just it's just a made up thing that they did. It's a made up title. Are you? And then the judge had to respond. And she's a Trump appointee. And she, you know, tr kind of treated him like a little baby, you know, which most judges would sanction him and just throw him out of court. But she did this paperless order that basically was like, Donnie, what are you trying to file here? Are you asking me for an injunction? Why are you filing this in my court? Shouldn't you be filing it in Judge Reinhardt's court? How is what I do going to impact the actual Judge Reinhardt case that's taking place? And so that was what the order was. And then his lawyers have trouble even just filing documents to appear. So like the notice of appearance of these judges, say, the notice of appearance of these lawyers saying, hey, we're in the case, we're his lawyer. That's been rejected like two times. You know, they say with the SATs, right, writing your name on the SATs, you get like X amount of points. Like the Trump lawyers haven't even been able to put their name successfully on the docket. That's how bad they are. Ben, let me ask you a quick question on that, though. Now, do you think that the, I'm not giving these lawyers credit because as you've eloquently explained on those YouTube videos and your breakdowns is they're completely incompetent, but are they doing this, do you think, as, as almost like a stall tactic to continue to stoke and incite, you know, media and public thought that this whole thing is a sham, even though it's very much legitimate and not a sham? I don't. I think that uh, you know, Christina Bob and Alina Haba, Trump's first lawyers, were like the literally the most incompetent people who didn't even know basic criminal procedure. And so literally did none of the right things that they should have done. Uh -huh. Then Trump saw a lot of what was taking place on the news. He was watching a lot of the legal commentators do their thing. And so he bullied these this next set of lawyers. And this is one of the things that we've constantly seen here is how uh, these these Republicans how these people are so easily bullied by Donald Trump. We, right. we joked about it on the podcast. He's like, I'm going to yell at you. And so the Republican goes, well, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do, because that's what we do as Republicans. And so he bullied them into filing these documents. And like all of the lawyers before them, like all these lawyers are losing their license. It's like kamikaze lawyering. I mean, that's there's no other way to describe it. They're kamikaze, kamikaze lawyers. lawyers. <laughs> kamikaze lawyers. lawyers is actually a great coin. That That is, per I mean, look what happened to Rudy Giuliani. He's going to lose his license. The Kraken's going to lose or lost Jordy, her license. Those are the high profile ones, right? Yeah. There's a whole set of these kamikaze lawyers that filed those bullshit election cases that all got dismissed <laughs> and sanctioned perfect term. That, that you don't even know about. And then his next kamikaze lawyers, Alina Haba and Christina Bob or Corcoran, one of these people apparently signed their names on a declaration to the FBI saying they returned the documents and the FBI now knows that's false. They have the documents. Yeah, I think they that was I, I think that was Christina Bob and she should be lawyering up if she hasn't lawyered up. That's a theme with Trump lawyers. They always end up needing attorneys themselves themselves. And that was my theory, Ben, that I was going to raise to you. I don't think these people want to put their names on the documents because I think they know that they are going to ultimately end up facing sanctions, if not disbarment for their behavior, for these filings, which are just bullshit filings that are really just grievances and kind of just, uh, it's almost like a political campaign within these filings. Right. Not like said they're like a press release. He's like filing press releases. Like they're not documents, like a filing they're truth social them. posts. They're truth social posts in long form. That's all they are. A document when you're asking the court to grant you relief. They have to have affidavits attached to them. They have to have declarations. You can't just be like, hey, judge, 
here's my thought. Can you do this? You have to produce evidence, admissible evidence into court, which uh, this Trump group, you know, apparently, you know, here's the thing, though, that they don't want to do. See, I think that the lawyers at least realized they needed to file an affidavit, but they weren't going to. They're like, all right, we'll make the argument in the motion. But if we do it as an affidavit, we're now putting our name under penalty of perjury and we can't do that. And Donald's like, I'm not going to sign the affidavit. And so Donald has to file his motion on the 26th. So by Friday, uh, August 26th, Donald Trump will file his motion. So that's Trump's meltdown. You know, it's getting really, 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 really bad over there. And the Republicans are also in completely disarray. I mean, yesterday, Trump called for Mitch McConnell to resign, mocked Mitch McConnell's wife, called her cuckoo chow. I mean, you know, I mean, that, that that's the level of, of, of who these people are. He calls her cuckoo chow. Cuckoo chow. And, it, and it, look at how he like kind of launders these talking points through his people at Fox News before he even does them. Like last week, he had Sean Hannity on his show, basically calling for Mitch McConnell to resign and saying that he needs to step down as leader. And sure enough, a few days later, Donald Trump just happens to be echoing the same exact points. It's all one sort of weird down Donald Trump MAGA ecosystem. They're all eating their own. It's incredible to watch. And Donald Trump is scared. He's cornered. He's scared. He's nervous. That's why he's writing things like all caps Presidential Records Act. The Justice Department and FBI are leaking at levels never seen before and i did nothing wrong because he knows that things are just going to keep coming out that further incriminate him and further show the american people that yeah you know what this guy did some really horrible 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 things trump is also reportedly demanding to his attorneys you talk about bullying them he's demanding get my top secret documents back get my top secret documents back. Now, he's not making a distinction here between anything that could potentially be privileged or anything, even though he doesn't have privilege, but that's not even his distinction. He thinks those top secret documents, the United States documents of the highest top secret classification that exists, he thinks those actually belong to Donald him, to Donald Trump, not to the United States of America. And so he's not going to have any success in trying to recover these classified documents from Mar-a-Lago. I, I mean, he's just going to keep clowning himself. And meanwhile, in its concurrent investigations, the Department of Justice issued new subpoenas to the National Archives for more January 6 documents as that investigation intensifies. So Donald Trump is being hit from all angles right here. And guess what? The American people overwhelmingly support the investigations. I mean, I, I bring up this News Nation decision desk poll, which asked, and it's pr pretty much a loaded question, too. I want to be clear about that. Based on what you've heard, would you say that you approve or disapprove of the FBI's raid? To me, that's kind of a loaded way to even ask the question. But 61% of respondents said they approved. 39% of respondents said they disapproved. So wow. the public is against Donald Trump. And you know what? The more that Donald Trump is in the news and the more that the Republicans have to defend themselves from Donald Trump and have to defend the stealing of top secret information, the worse for their midterm chances and the worse that for, for them, you know, for their political chances just in general. The American people are waking up and seeing that they'd rather protect this con man than actually help them like the Democrats are helping people. Let's talk about those priorities, Brett, too, about Democrats helping people versus Republicans helping billionaires and destroying America, destroying the middle class and destroying everybody other than uh, billionaires. You know, this student loan relief uh, that was announced by Biden, I want to break down what some of the relief is, but this is actually helping 
real Americans. This is helping real people. And it's narrowly tailored to impact people who need the help the most, right? Anytime you have Republicans in power, the first thing they want to do is have massive tax cuts uh, that cost us trillions, trillions of dollars. I mean, the Office of Budget Management, when the Trump tax cuts were proposed in 2017, you know, said the cost could be up to five, six, seven trillion dollars. Uh, th that's what we're talking about there, because when you don't make billionaires pay taxes, of course, that's going to cost the nation a lot of money, because what do billionaires do with their money? They hoard it. Right. They hoard it in trust funds, usually for all of their future generations to be billionaires and not have to work and then cheat the system further. They don't put that money to work. Right. What Biden has proposed is middle up, not trickle down. And the fact that any American would support other than a billionaire would actually support trickle down is the craziest concept to me. And I want to I want to break that down in some general terms right now. I mean, just think about the American. Just uh, let me try to make this proposition to you, to you, Jordy, you know, to the American people, rather American people. Here's what I can do. I could give you the relief directly. OK, you're making $50,000 a year, $35,000 a year. Let me try to do something that helps you and your family get food better, put make it easier to get food on your table. Um, let me address some of your concerns with paying taxes. Let me make your life easier. I, I can do that for you. Make education more affordable for you. Or that's option A. Option B, instead of giving it to you, I can give it to the CEO of the billion dollar company you work for. Which one do you prefer that? It, should I give it directly to you or should I give it to your billionaire boss? Me. You think most people are like, oh, please, please, please. Here's give it to my billionaire boss and let him trickle it to me because that's what billionaire bosses do. <laughs> they the crazy it. thing, though, is how many Americans are willing to vote against their own interests due to this GOP propaganda uh -huh. that tells them, no, the money's the money's actually best if it goes to our billionaire friends, not you. Trust us. Trust us on this. It's much better if our billionaire friends get relief. And we speak a lot in this country, I feel like, about the idea of generational wealth. And I was thinking of this as we were speaking about student debt. And one of the things I think we don't think about enough is the inverse of that, which is generational debt mm -hmm. and the burden that this places on families and does not allow people to advance in our society the way that the American dream promises that they should be able to advance in our society. People are so burdened by these student loan payments and some people pay them off. I mean, some people may have a $100,000 student loan debt, for example. By the time they pay that off, some of them are spending $460,000, $500,000 to pay off that $100,000 because the interest is just so predatory. But this Biden plan, this Biden administration plan gets at the heart of all these issues. I'll, I'll break it down for everybody. And I'm going to get a little in the weeds here, but I think it's important that you all are armed with the facts here and that you're able to go out and explain it to people as necessary. So the administration announced that it's canceling up to $20,000 in student debt for Pell Grant app recipients and up to $10,000 for individual borrowers who make under 125K a year or households that make 250K a year or less. And it's extending the pause on repayments by four months through the end of the year. So Biden is also using this as a, as a transitory sort of measure in order to also start 
the repayments of the loans. At the end of the year, he said those payments will start back up again. And approximately 20 million Americans could have their debt completely canceled under this announcement. And it makes steps to make the student loan system more manageable for future borrowers because it attacks the interest problem. And when I was speaking about what this plan was going to be yesterday with the brothers and with other people, I said, you know what? As canceling amounts of student debt is great, but what are we doing about the interest? That's where the real problem mm -hmm. is. That's where mm -hmm. the real predatory nature is. And so what this does is it caps the monthly payments at 5% of a borrower's monthly income. It forgives loan balances after 10 years of payments for borrowers with loan balances of $12,000 per year of less. And remember, this comes in addition to all the student debt relief that Biden has already done. He's already done more than any other president in the history. He's already approved nearly $32 billion in loan discharges for Americans through a whole host of targeted programs for borrowers who are defrauded by colleges, borrowers with disabilities, public servants. And Biden came out and he said, my plan is responsible and fair. It focuses on the benefit on the middle class and working families. It helps both current and future borrowers, and it'll fix a badly broken system. Here's how many people this is going to impact. I mean, nearly 45% of borrowers or almost 20 million people are going to have their debt fully canceled, wiped out, gone. Poof. I mean, think about that. And 90% of Biden's plan is going to go to those making under $75,000 a year. Let's compare that to the Trump tax cut, the GOP tax scam, the big plan that they put, the $1.9 trillion tax cut that they had, which is the complete inverse where only 15% of those tax handouts actually help people making under 75K a year. And all the benefits, most of the benefits were felt by the wealthy. Almost half of Latino student debt is expected to be forgiven. And the Republicans are just losing their minds over this stuff. I mean, the comments from people on the right are just unhinged at this point. I mean, they know that this is a popular policy, so they're trying to attack it and they're trying to play to their base. You have Rick Scott, you can't make this shit up, who took a break from his vacation while on a luxury yacht on the Italian coast to criticize this relief for average Americans. Dude is on a luxury yacht off the coast of Italy. First off, criticizing President Biden for going to Delaware on the weekend. And secondly, criticizing Americans for getting student loan relief. I mean, how low could you guys get? What a fraud and what a crook, as we explained in the last episode of the podcast. What a crook Rick Scott is. Marjorie Taylor Greene said, quote, it's completely unfair for the government to forgive loans. Maybe forgetting the fact that her company had a 183500 $4 PPP loan forgiven. $183,000 in loans forgiven for Marjorie Taylor Greene. But $10,000 for the average American who want to pursue their futures, pursue their dreams, far too much. The House Judiciary wrote, if you take out a loan, you pay it back. And they were quickly reminded that the GOP's PPP loan scam, uh, Trump's bankruptcies, his $1.3 billion in debt. The fact that Trump had $270 million in debt forgiven, $270 million <laughs> forgiven. I mean, they're the biggest hypocrites on the planet. One individual had that amount of debt forgiven. Um, and what we're talking about is a whole list of Republicans, too, who took out PPP loans, uh, got their debt forgiven, uh, you know, six-figure debt forgiven, poof. Poof. And these people come out, though, and then attack other people from having debt forgiven. That's the part for me that makes me lose my mind. And not just like people like like hardworking Americans, people who are busting their butts 
every day to put food on the table for their families. Let's break down the hypocrisy a little further. I mean, this graphic has been going around, which is a great representation. We already brought up Marjorie Taylor Greene, but here are some other Republican members of Congress whose PPP loans were forgiven. Matt Gates had a loan of $476,000 forgiven. Greg Pence, Mike Pence's brother, $79,441. Uh, you have a guy, Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma, over $1 million. Roger Williams, $1.43 million. Carol Miller, $3.1 million forgiven. So I don't want to hear anything about $10,000 for the average working person. And you know, when we posted this, I saw some kind of Republicans who try to defend this on the right say, oh, but hypocrites, show the Democrats who took out PPP loans, which is completely missing the point. Democrats are for loan forgiveness. That's It's about the hypocrisy. You're missing the point. These are the people who are railing against student loan forgiveness while they took their own low forgiveness, loan forgiveness in there is the problem. And that is the point you are missing either because you want to miss it or you're too dumb to see it, or you've just been so brainwashed by the Republican Party that you want to defend billionaires at all costs. But guess what? I think people, especially in the middle of this country, are going to love this policy. I think even people who maybe even didn't vote for Biden are going to love this because it's going to help them. It's literally going to save lives. It's going to ease the burden on them tremendously. And this is a BFD in the words of uh, President Biden, what he said to uh, President Obama when he passed Obamacare. This is a huge deal and it adds to the further accomplishments of President Biden. I mean, I think just think about the last few months. I mean, we've got the Inflation Reduction Act, which is also the biggest climate bill in history, the American Rescue Plan, the Infrastructure Package, Gun Reform Package, CHIPS, the PACT Act, the most jobs added ever, the lowest unemployment in 50 years, killing the Al-Qaeda leader. Like, you can't ask for better legislatively. How, how about policy. this, Brett? After, after four years of deficits all rising under Trump, Biden has reduced the deficit by $1.7 trillion this year alone, in addition to $350 billion last year. So with all of the programs that you mentioned, too, he's still reduced the deficit because guess what? These programs work. And when you empower the middle class and you have middle up economics mm -hmm. and you invest in our country rather than investing in people like Rick Scott's yachts <laughs> off the coast of Italy. Guess what? You bring in more money um, from taxes. You get more revenue to our treasury. That's just the way economics actually works. <laughs> and the whole. But just think about it. How offensive is the concept of trickle down. Like, I really want to frame it again, just in normal terms for people. It's like, you know, we're not going to give you the money. We're going to give it to the billionaire. And let's just hope he just gives you some of his little droppings. A and Republicans are rallying that message. Yeah, fuck yeah, triple, trickle it down on me, baby. I mean, is that what the radical right wing supporters at the trickle down, trickle down? <laughs> That's I, right. I, I, I think that is what they're doing. I got to say, though, like trickle it down on me, trickle it down, trickle, trickle it on my face. <laughs> All right, a little wild. there. Right, yeah. that, that, yeah. that, that got a little bit ridiculous. Got a little weird. Every time I hear we'll, trickle down, we'll though, that, I just we'll, think we'll, of the, we'll, uh, we'll cut that out of post. Stays in the pod. Uh, every time I hear trickle down, though, I just keep thinking about Trump's P tape. But it, look, this is another promise. You said I took it in a weird direction. OK. <laughs> This is another promise that Biden delivered on. This is another campaign promise that Biden delivered on. I think that's important to remind the American people. He said he was going to do exactly this, and he did it. Yeah, he had specifically said 10K, and that's what he went ahead and did. And I also want to, you know, I want to say when we get into situations like this and when the Republicans are so obviously on the wrong side, as they often are, 
lean into it always are always are lean into it hard lean into the fight welcome the fight if the republicans who are protecting a fake billionaire who is basically grifting off them taking their donations while they have another multi-millionaire or billionaire stealing their donations from their senatorial fund while they're racking in up millions of dollars while they're taking millions of dollars in loan forgiveness for their ppp loans if those people want to attack working americans for getting a little bit of relief that's a fight i think we should all welcome and that we should all go absolutely 100% hard on and hold them to the fire because these are popular policies. They're good policies. They're life-changing policies, and they're going to help people, which is what government is supposed to do. Their leader is a cult leader, right? Trump, they're a freaking weirdo cult leader criminal. The leader of their senatorial campaign, Rick Scott, led the largest Medicare fraud in American history and had to settle for $1.7 billion and pled the fifth over 75 times. That that's who I could go down I I could go down the whole list. I mean, heck, the person who was running the uh, you know, the quote unquote Oh, the pro-life movement out in out in Texas, who was, you know, part of these ridiculous handmaid's tale style laws. Oh, guess what? Convicted of child sex crimes. Right. The political director of the Texas right to life. That's what the organization is called. But it's really let's actually kill women was arrested for online solicitation of child sex that was reported this month. I mean, that's who that's who these people that's who these people are and everything from them is projection. But, Brett, what I know, because we saw these results from the recent primaries and special elections, you know, there is a lot of momentum for normalcy which is embodied right now by the Democratic Party. I think that's yeah. the best way to frame it. There is a desire for normalcy, protecting rights, not having rights taken away. This is also confirmed by a Pew Research poll that came out earlier this morning. A majority of registered voters, 56%, say the issue of abortion will be very important to their midterm vote, up from 43%. In March, that's a big stat right there. Also, Democrats are up plus five, according to the latest polling from Morning Consult, uh, which is, you know, also, I think, a big indicator as well. And we saw the race spread in New York's 19th congressional district, Pat Ryan versus the guy Mark Molinaro. All of the polls, literally all showed Mark Molinaro, the radical right extremist endorsed by Elise Stefanik was going to get a big win. Like we're talking 10 points up, eight points up in the different bowls, not like margin of error stuff. And in that one, Pat Ryan, who ran on, I am running to protect reproductive rights. I am running to protect women's rights. That's what I'm running on. One, one, one by significant outpaced Biden by about two or three points from Biden's win. And that area had gone to Trump in 2016. Yeah, I mean, this was a huge election and it was a huge election for the Democrats for the reasons that you stated. I mean, in a year like this where the Democrats hold the White House, this was expected to be a Republican win, like easy. 
They they thought they had this one in the bag. All the polls, like you said, Ben, had the Republican opponent up by almost 10 points in some aspects. Depending on what website you looked at, what polling source you looked at, they had it as either a lean Republican district or a strong Republican district. And so this was going to be something to watch. Can Democrats defy the odds? Are the polls not accounting for the energy in a post-Roe world? And guess what? The Democrats did defy the odds. Pat Ryan won, Ben, like you said, by more than President Biden's margin. It sent shockwaves, this result through the nation. I think the Republicans are absolutely in total panic mode when you see after this and the Kansas results on the abortion referendum. And it shows you that Democrats are fired up and voters in general across the country are sick of Republican fascism and the Republicans overreached. The Republicans really had this one in the bag. All they had to do, and I'm not just talking about this race, I'm talking about across the country. All they had to do was nothing. And and can I tell you why they had, but, but we need to give the context. They had it in the bag because they were the arsonists. They lit a fire and created issues that Biden had to deal with. And he responsibly dealt with each of the issues that came up, right? Inflation, Inflation Reduction Act, gas prices. Let me take measures to reduce the gas prices. You know, whether it's even stuff like baby formula, mm. let me fly planes and, and ship them in. So like they whack them Oh, like like they have Republican governors who are shutting down their borders like Abbott tried to do in Texas to stop trade from happening. Then on our northern border with Canada, you had Republicans trying to shut down bridges to stop trade there, you know, declaring eco, you know, uh, uh, know, trade terrorism essentially on our country. Like that's what was going on. Like Biden had to confront each of these issues and Republicans were running on the firefighters are here, you know, not saying they're the arsonists who created the fire. So that's why they were, um, you know, favored to win. The media doesn't point that out. Of oh, course, totally. But like Ben, and not, not only did they not put forth any policies to help all those issues that they started complaining about, like if Republicans had an idea to help inflation, they should have put a bill forward. They should have done something right. Try, try to get it on the floor. But instead, the opposite happened. Democrats took charge. They took the offensive. They took control of the messaging. They put bills on the floor every single day. We saw the Republicans vote against our veterans. We saw uh, Republicans vote against people who needed uh, cheaper prescription drug prices. We saw that across the board with every single issue, and it really exposed the Republicans for who they are, feckless, liars, frauds. And at the same time, you have the economy improving greatly. You have jobs being added. You have gas prices coming down. You have inflation relief happening. You have all these success of the Biden administration. We're starting to see justice in terms of Donald Trump. And it's the perfect kind of culmination of all these various issues happening at once, which bodes very well for the Democrats right now. And I think the Republicans are running really scared. I mean, you had Ronna McDaniel make an emergency phone call to her donors saying, we need help. Help us. We need help winning the Senate. And she told them, she was like, hey, we're being crushed in fundraising right now, you know, after the Roe v. Wade decision. And some of these senior kind of GOP fundraisers, donors, they told Rana, they said that, you know, we're not really feeling like Republicans are going to have a shot in a lot of these races. We're not really very enthusiastic to give money. And I thought this was very telling. This was reported uh, and it said that Republican mega donor Steve Wynn, he asked specifically if there were any dark money nonprofits that donors could possibly give their money to because a lot of people are too embarrassed to give to the Republican Party when they're going to be on a report. They say they're self-conscious about their social circles kind of outcasting them. They're self-conscious about what people will think about them by giving to the Republican Party. And I think if that's your kind of mindset, if you are scared to give to a cause because you know that people are going to think you are a horrible person for giving to that cause, maybe don't try to find a dark 
dark money outlet to give that money to. Maybe rethink your values and rethink, you know what, maybe I'm actually hurting people here. Maybe I'm actually on the wrong side of these issues. I think overwhelmingly, too, it's just the American people are finally waking up. I mean, they look at the Republican Party and they're just their sheer stupidity at this point. I mean, Americans like stability. Stability over stupidity will win every single time. And it's just refreshing to see polls that show Dems taking a strong commanding lead as we head into these midterms. That's a great phrase. That's a, that's a trademark. It. That's great. I, it's, yeah. the perf- it's, the perfect, it's the perfect thing to sum up what's going on right now. And I agree with you. Most Americans want a stable country. They want normal people. They don't want these lunatics. And hey, I'll I'll tell you some other updates from what happened here. I mean, well, first off, let me give you the Democratic updates that you need to know, because this one is super inspiring to me. Have you seen Maxwell Frost, Jordy? He's younger than you. He's a March for Our Lives activist. He's set to become the first Gen Z member of Congress after winning his primary. It's a safe seat that was vacated by Val Demings, who's, of course, running for the U.S. Senate. Dude, Frost at 25 years old is going to be in the United States. States Congress and wow. he's at, and he's only 25 years old and he's going to be in the US Congress and he ran on abortion rights he ran on gun safety he ran on environmental justice other Florida news to watch Charlie Crist of course defeated Nikki Freed in the primary for Florida governor she's going to face off he's going to face off against Ron DeSantis I thought I love, before we move on, I love what Freed did after she had conceded when she concedes, uh, you guys had seen the tweet, but she releases a statement fully endorsing Chris and telling all of her supporters to put all their weight behind Chris because Chris needs to defeat DeSantis in that race. And it's just, you see this happening in the Republicans when the Republican primaries happen. I forget who the woman was. Do you guys remember Laura, her name? Laura Loomer cried. She cried like a baby and said she wouldn't concede. Attacks the Republican Party, says that says that there's voter fraud within her own primary, starts hysterically crying during her not concession speech demanding, I don't know, people look into voter fraud for the Republican primary. So instead of that stupidity, you see the stability within the Democrats and Nikki Freed fully putting her weight behind Chris. It's super important. And it shows you the difference between the party. I mean, the Republican Party has just become a completely unserious party. I was happy to see Laura Loomer, who describes herself, by the way, as an Islamophobe. She is the person who also she handcuffed herself to Twitter's headquarters after she was banned for making Islamophobic comments. She handcuffed herself to their headquarters. I mean, because she's there's only like one complete, entrance into Twitter. Yeah, she's a complete nut, this lady. And the the unfortunate thing is that her race was a little close, a little too close for comfort. Anthony Sabatini, one of these other kind of MAGA nut jobs, he also lost his race. This guy, Carl Palladino, the guy, this guy's ran on the platform of Adolf Hitler is the kind of leader, leader we need today. That was literally Carl Palladino's platform. And thankfully, he lost his platform. Oh, he also called for Merrick Garland to be executed. So these are the candidates that Republicans are putting up. And Democrats are putting up people who want to help you with your student loan debt. Republic- Democrats are putting people who want to help with inflation, who want to help with gas prices. Yeah, help get veterans get health care for being exposed to toxic burn pits. How about how about that? Like, um, This is the funniest thing when people like call us like, oh, you guys are crazy left wing progressive lunatics. It's like, what are we saying here? That, <laughs> that that would qualify us to be to be that, you know, it's the same. Well, it's, it's, it's the scare tactics, though, that they've used when the student loan relief plan was announced by Biden. And it's, you know, it's encouraging Americans to view that against their own interests as like a radical plan, which is why Democrats just we have to drown that out the way Democrats are going to win. 
and continue to win is doing exactly what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. Just delivering for the people every single day. This November is Rovember. Midas Touch just released its brand new collection of Rovember t-shirts and pins to let the country know what's at stake this upcoming midterm election. These radical right Republicans have no clue what they've just unleashed. Go to store.midastouch.com to grab yours. That's store.midastouch.com. The Midas Touch Rovember collection is also USA Union made. Get yours at store.midastouch.com while supplies last. Thank you. Jordy, we talked about the difference of not just stability versus stupidity, also evil. And so what Ken Paxton, the Republican AG of Texas did. Who's under indictment. Who's under indictment because they're all under indictment. That's the constant theme here. Sued the United States Department of Health and Human Services within the Biden administration for providing guidance to hospitals that if women show up and they need life uh, saving treatment, and the standard of care calls for an abortion, that the doctors use their standard of care and provide what the is required by the medical community, and that state law shouldn't trump federal law, and federal law is a law called the Emergency Medical Treatment Act, EMTALA, which was passed in 1986. Before a law like that was passed, Jordy, people could just get denied from even getting emergency room treatment. I mean, just think about that, you know, and you would think that would be fairly bipartisan support that you treat people who are, who could die at the emergency room, right? Not, not so in Texas. Texas says the doctors need to follow state law. The doctors can't use their medical judgment when a woman shows up and needs an abortion and that could save her life. Uh-uh-uh. You got to follow state law, which basically means it does mean the emergency room doctor can't provide the treatment, right? Can't provide the treatment at all. And Ken Paxton sued to make sure women would be denied uh, emergency room care. So he sued. That case went in front of a judge who was appointed by Donald Trump, a federal judge. And the federal judge agreed with Ken, Ken Paxton, the Trump judge, radical right extremist judge agrees. This is how extreme they are with their total abortion bans, right? They're so extreme that women who need emergency room treatment, they're saying those women should die. It's almost so sick. Like, I don't even believe what the fuck you're saying, but, but it's all true. It's all true what you're saying. It's so disturbing. And then you go to Idaho where the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, filed a lawsuit against the Idaho law. And I'll give you the background, though, of why I think Biden chose to file it in Idaho specifically. Uh, and there, the judge, who was a Clinton appointee, the judge ruled that um, the guidance is appropriate that was given by the Biden administration and the Idaho law that prevents women from getting emergency medical treatment or would prevent a doctor from giving emergency medical treatment is invalid and that a doctor has to provide emergency service treatment under federal law. And that is supersedes, there's a supremacy clause of our constitution over, over state law. Without getting fully in the weeds, Idaho, even though many people don't realize this, is in the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals 
is the same circuit court that oversees states like California and Arizona, right? Idaho is part of that circuit court, Washington. Um, Texas is part of the Fifth Circuit. So no matter what result you'll have in the district court, the Fifth Circuit's a very radical right extremist court, and they're always going to side with whatever the anti-women radical right extremist position is. The Ninth Circuit will side with what the district court says because the Ninth Circuit tends to lead pro-democracy, although Trump managed to appoint a lot of judges. So that's the framework of why it was filed there. But I want to go into that to explain to you that that's actually a battle that's taking place. The Republicans want to deny women, the total abortion bans, they want to deny women emergency treatment. Which is another way of saying Republicans want women to die if they're yes. in those situations. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it here. And I think it's important. And I think that's why we're seeing the energy that we're seeing right now, because people are fed up. And like I said before, Republicans overstepped. They thought they had this. They thought they could be cocky about it. They thought, oh, now here's our time to strike. We have the power we need. Let's overturn Roe. Let's block veterans from getting health care. Let's block uh, insulin caps. Let's do all the horrible shit that we're going to do. But Americans are waking up and they're seeing the Republicans for the radical party that we are, that they are. And Jordy, when you say like uh, those Republicans, they look at us. Oh, so far left. Look at those far left progressive libs. Da, 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 da. It's because they are so far to the right that everything, everything to them looks left because they are so, so, so out of touch with the American people. And they're going to learn the hard way this November, that the American people do not stand with them. And we need to keep being active in this fight. We need to keep staying motivated. And I want to just tell you the stakes of this election. And I think as we sort of head towards the, the close of the show, I just want to read you a couple letters that I saw from people who are impacted by the student loans cancellation, because I think it's important that we put some real life stories to this policy. And share them with people because you might say, hey, you know, 10K, 20K, what's that going to do? Well, to a lot of people, it is incredibly life changing. One person wrote a 19 year old albatross on my neck, gone in an instant. I'm so happy you have no idea. I had Pell Grants, but my outstanding balance was $9,293.53. Oldest loan dated 9-30-2003. No politician has ever done so much for me in my entire life. No loan payment means more fresh fruit and veg in our fridge, more books for our boys, and now I could afford to get new clothes too. I'm in total disbelief. One more says, it's a big fucking deal to me. My history teacher husband got fired in January for not teaching, quote, the right kind of history, which is something we're seeing happen across the United States. It's a private school. Our kids were there. Um, and to get them out of school, we had to use my student loans. I was completing my undergrad to pay the rest of their tuition contract, which was $4,000. Biden's executive order will forgive all of my student debt and leaves us with less than 10K from my husband's. For my family, an enormous financial and trauma burden is lifted today. I can't stop crying. And I think that notion also of trauma is something that we have to realize. Because like I said, the same way wealth can be generational, debt and the stress from debt can be generational. It could pass down to family members and it could keep people in lower income situations. It could keep people from pursuing the American dream. And what President Biden did was he gave so many Americans just now with the stroke of a pen the ability to pursue the American dream and to level the playing field even just a little bit. And I think that is hugely, hugely, hugely important. And you mentioned that trauma, Brett. And 
The Democrats are trying to. This is why I'm proud to be a Democrat. The moment the Democrats stop supporting policies like that, I'm not going to just randomly support a political party because they're a political party that I was once affiliated. You don't love the donkey? Democrats are trying to address these various traumas that we all face, that we have generationally faced, that we confront and different groups confront different traumas. And government isn't perfect, right? Winston Churchill said that democracy is the worst form of government, but the best one that we've got words to that effect and it's true though to some extent democracy is messy democracy is difficult but ultimately democracy is the best because when people could come together we could achieve great results for other people we could try to progress and help people you know and help our country become a better country and that trauma is being exploited by republicans for bad right The trauma is exploited to make people angry at other people or to make people feel superior to other people or to distract people from what the real issues are. And we're going to keep fighting here on the Midas Touch podcast, here on the Midas Touch network. We're going to keep fighting with you each and every day to deliver the truth, deliver the message, and to do our best to address the issues that matter to people. To me, that's what this is all about at the end of the day. Jordy, you've been gone for a few weeks, so why don't you wrap it, wrap the show up for us? Missed you all so much. It's been so great to be back. Love the brother banter. Love seeing you guys. Loved hanging out with the Midas Mighty tonight. And as always, shout out to the Midas Mighty! There it is! Midas Touch is unapologetically pro-democracy. And look, we know you are too. So please make sure you check out our best-selling shirt and our best-selling gear, the unapologetically pro-democracy gear. And hey, while you're at it, make sure you check out my favorite shirt and one of our most famous designs. It wasn't rigged, you're just a loser. At store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.